Welcome to the Sex, God, and Chaos podcast, a conversation built to help you address the mess, connect the dots, and defeat addiction. Doing your work matters because if nothing changes, then nothing changes. Life is tough and we're here to help. I'm your host, Ben Derrick, and as always, I'll be joined by Roan Hunter. Let's jump right in. I know what we're going to call this episode. All right, I'm anxious. What is it? Roan Explains Women. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a very short episode. Uh, We can knock this out in about 10 seconds. Yeah, just a shrug of the shoulders. Doesn't even (laughs) show up on microphone. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, That's all I got. Thank God this is not information that originated with you, right? (laughs) No, we're... We're passing on information. Uh, yeah, that, that's what we're doing. I always say, you know, I, I only work with men uh, in, in my counseling office uh, and certainly all the coaching weekends and just, yeah, I work with men. Um, I do get to see behind the curtain because mm-hmm. even I work with couples um, and then I do see some couples um, individually. But uh, I say two things, you know, I... I I don't really want to be in a room with an emotionally needy woman. Um, that's not a good idea. Not a good thing for uh, you. Yeah. Uh, and, and second of all, what what I know about a woman, I've got one I've been married to for 40 years, and I have over 40. I have not figured her out yet. So that would just be a really kind of pointless endeavor. We don't sure. have enough time to listen to your meanderings. We need some real information, right? This yes. is a little bit off topic, but we're in the intro, so we can do that. You mentioned something. And I, I've been walking through this with my 16-year-old, my 13-year-old, and challenging them to start to live with a code that if you don't write your own code as an individual, someone else will write it Mm. for you. And Mm. you just kind of exposed uh, some of your code right there. Like, I just do not sit in rooms (laughs) with needy women. That is not a good idea. No matter how much my heart would compel me to want to get in there and help that situation, that's probably not a good idea. I love that about you. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and again, just, you know, doing, uh, obviously working with couples, um, I always say I do get to see behind the curtain, um, and I do, you know, kind of understand a little bit, um, at least more than I used to, as mm. far as, you know, kind of how women are wired and, you know, the way they relate uh, is very different than the way that men relate. Um, you know, one of the things that's always interesting to me, it's like, a guy is, um, he's been found out or he's admitted uh, his pornography, uh, brokenness, addiction, sexual addiction, whatever it is. And then, um, okay, now he's uh, working his program, doing the deal, and he's getting sober. Um, and the expectation that wives have that somehow he is going to relate to her now perfectly. <laughs> Or even better. <laughs> or even better. Because like... Those two things are not the same. Yeah, all of this is, you know, it's basically emotional dysregulation and distress reduction behavior. And so the very thing that I was using in order to regulate my emotions uh, has now been taken away from me. And so, and then, you know, I'm spinning, she's spinning. And so you've got two highly dysregulated, emotionally dysregulated people Um, And then a man doesn't know how to do it to begin with. Um, And it takes years to learn, you know, the skill set of like 
you know, emotional dysregulation, uh, emotional connection. Uh, you've got attachment disturbance in play. But it's just this expectation that now he's going to be a relational savant. <laughs> <laughs> that is an that is an amazing expression right there. So what we're saying over these past two episodes, and we do need to dip back and just kind of catch people up, but we are saying at its very base level that men and women experience the world differently based in their gender, based in their design from the beginning. They will see the same situation, the same relationship from different points of view. That's always going to be there. It's just a fact. I mean, it's like a it's a, a cat and a dog. I mean, we're, we're really two different species uh, with some similarities. But, I mean, even now, you know, in brain research, you know, they're discovering uh, <laughs> like fundamental differences between men's brains and women's brains. Um, in in man brain, well, if 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 a man has one. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and I, I mean, I remember, you know, reading about, you know, the woman's hippocampus, which is in the limbic part of the brain, um, and that's where memory and emotion are stored. Well, in a woman's brain, the hippocampus is, uh, on average, about twice as large as that in a man's brain. So you just think about that. Her brain... She's got twice the capacity mm. for memory and emotion. That's why she can remember what you were doing, what you said, uh, the argument you had, how you said it, what you were wearing, where you were, and how she felt in 10 years ago. And, you know, we, as men, we can hardly remember what we did yesterday. And so, I mean, it's like I think I threw the book across the room, literally, because I'm like, well, Crap, she's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I had a guy say yesterday, I don't even remember where my keys are, <laughs> much less what happened yesterday, right? Yes, and we are, as in our last episode, interestingly enough. The remembering one. The remembering one. <laughs> uh, I always say our greatest strength is uh, always our greatest weakness. So if we are the remembering one, we're also the forgetting one. It makes a lot of sense, though, that, that uh, it, we shouldn't let that frustrate us because if we're saying that by design... And that's God's doing. And God has designed the capacity to be double. Well, that actually makes sense to me because the things that I work harder for mean more to me. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing them just because I have the ability or they're easy, they don't even really register. They're rote. But if I've got to work on something, then it's going to go deeper. I'm, I am going to remember it and connect emotions to it. So that limited capacity, I would propose... God was doing that very intentionally. Uh, everything else in my life that I work for, that heavy emotions are connected with, those things stick. If it were too easy, then I wouldn't appreciate it as much. Oh, yeah, we wouldn't, we would not value it if it was just, you know, kind of this natural uh, ability, but it's not for men. Mm -hmm. It's something we do need to work at it. And interestingly, you know, we see that um, in, in uh, you know, dating, early stages of dating. Man, us men work at it, right? We are in <laughs> hot pursuit. What is it? Oh, Trying yeah. to get laid? Is that what we're well, talking about? Pretty much, <laughs> right. yeah. We think that we're in love, but it's mostly just raging hormones. Um, but you, when you look at a guy, you know, dating, newly dating, 
oh my goodness, you know, he's sending flowers and cards. Well, no, men don't do that, but mm. but he's 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 making an effort, right? He's being intentional uh, in this in this area of pursuit, and then. And, you know, once he, you know, shoots it, uh, kills it, uh, guts it, and mounts it on the wall, that, that, is that a good analogy? I'm just. I mean, I understand what you're saying. We are in Mississippi, right? <laughs> but it's like, you, you know, you hunt the deer, you shoot the deer, mm-hmm. you, all that good stuff. And then once we get the wife, it's like, yeah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And, and then complacency sets in, and then marriages start going to um, crap. And, you know, we start looking for other things to pursue to give us that feeling of somehow being, you know, alive or, you know, we get we get all that confused, like, you know, in love. Holy cow. What a what a sickening term. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's a thrill of the chase. Yeah. Yeah. And we just start chasing the scream. Mm. I see a lot of uh, women, a lot of wives that are really saying, I just want to be pursued. Mm-hmm. I want to be chased again. I want to yeah. be chosen. Uh, all those desires of the heart. Mm. I want those things to be in place. And, uh, you know, often men are just numb to the fact that they aren't remembering, right? And they're not taking action because they're angry or confused or both mm-hmm. at the same time. So it, it takes a while, you know. Go back and listen to this first episode on the genders if, if you're confused by the dialogue. But basically what we're saying right now is that a man, by definition, the word zakar, that is a Hebrew word that has banked within it dual meaning at least, that the man is the remembering one, the one that remembers his relationship with God and then takes action out of that relationship. And by doing that, taking that action, blesses, adds life to the people and circumstances around him. That's a, it's a lofty goal. Yeah, but, you know, those are the things that give us purpose and meaning and fulfillment. Um, and we see it all the time, you know, um, you, know you can't take it with you. Um, and nobody's going to put it on their tombstone. You know, wish I'd have spent more time at the office. I mean, we intuitively know these things. Yes. But we're so um, inundated, uh, enculturated into this mindset that, well, that that's, that's how this is supposed to work. And then we neglect the very thing that intuitively, because of the God stamp on our soul, we know that like, man, those, those connections, those deep relationships, all of those things, that's what really gives us life. Mm. The trinkets and the stuff last uh, are very fleeting. Yeah, since I first heard that word as a car at my first deer camp in 2017, I can say now over my own story, the largest uh, regret preventative is remembering. Mm. Yeah. I had those completely reversed when I sat down in that camping chair hiding under my beanie, you know, smoking a pipe, hoping I wouldn't be noticed. <laughs> uh, but when I started to hear that lesson of Zakar, something just rung true about that. And now that I've been working it out for a number of years, it is such a powerful word. I put it in the ranks with mm. words like grace, mm. understanding Zakar. It's right up there because it leads to so much good and so much corrective behavior in my own life. And the times where I'm slipping, which is a word we use a lot in, in the, this community, the times where I'm slipping, it's because I'm not remembering. 
And uh, I have to work very hard to remember, as yes. we've already said. Yes. It takes a lot of thinking. My wife will walk past me sometimes, and she's like, what are you writing? Why aren't you just always writing? I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to remember this if I don't write this I don't down. Write it yeah, down. I've got to go back and review it. So, yeah. Well, to illustrate that, you know, one of the things that our men's coaching weekends, you know, we talk about Zakar, and we talk about that through the weekend, and we're encouraging guys to find something to represent the weekend, a memorial, if you will. It seems to be a biblical precedence. Mm. And and then at the end of the weekend, guys come up and they present their pine cone or their uh, yeah. their, their rusty can. But but it's amazing, actually. Uh, guys actually do still have imagination when they're forty years old, um, uh, like you know maybe when they were six or seven and uh, playing war with a um, piece of bread shaped into a gun. I mean, we can actually recapture that. And so guys will come up and talk about their zakar and what it means, um, and then we have them just place it on the deck and everybody puts their zakars down and then we take a picture and then we it's time to go home and we leave and inevitably um, I'm gathering up the Zakars, <laughs> the the remembrances that they have forgotten. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, if we're the rem- remembering one, we're the forgetting one. And it's so true. I'm reminded of that every weekend. We spend a lot of time talking about this, mm. but yet... <laughs> There they are. That makes sense. I, I had to ritualize mine, and we won't stay here long, but for me, there's always a fire when men are gathering at these, uh, these events. And I take uh, some of the ashes and put them in a mason jar and label it. I had to make it r- ritual and habitual <laughs> so yeah. that I didn't do that, that very thing. <laughs> Be like, man, what a great idea. Oh, I'm like, so awesome. not yeah. really. I just did it so I don't forget, you know, and I don't have to think about it every time Which, we get that, together. That's, that's just, yeah, that's smart. That's you, smart. You, dude, you're, you're smarter than you look. That's, that's yeah. exactly right. I'm so <laughs> glad this isn't televised, right? <laughs> Uh, so we, we're shifting gears this episode, and we're going to pay attention to the other half, the other part, whatever language you would want to use on that. We've discussed the car. Now we get over to the descriptive words of the woman. Man, I'm especially excited about this because of how corrective this teaching is. Mm. You, and you and Eva both actually over time have done a really great job with this. I'm sad she's not here with us, but you'll have to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the, let's go through the descriptive word for women and just, man, it opens up a new world, doesn't it? Oh, wow. It really did. I mean, when I uh, kind of came across this teaching, um, by the way, I didn't hear this in church. Mm. I mean, seems like most of the really good stuff I've kind of, Dug out on my own. I'm not sure what that's about. Well, you haven't heard this because in churches, women can teach children, but they're not allowed to yeah, teach adults. Yeah, do not. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah they, they can teach teach us in the most impressionable phase of our life. Yes. But, but once we're adults, yeah, I mean, no, they're done. Yeah, you need to get over in the children's wing, right? Yeah. Go back home and do your housework. <laughs> yeah. Good grief. Good grief. Lord help us. Please. Uh, yeah. But. I mean, truly, um, it was a book um, uh, written by a guy named Skip Moen. Uh, It's called Guardian Angel. And uh, Skip is a Hebrew scholar. Uh, Sometimes, I mean, he he comes from a 
Christian worldview. Uh, sometimes when you read his daily readings and even his books, it's uh, Skip. Are you advocating a return to Torah? Uh, no. I don't. He he's not, but he just really digs into the Hebrew language, and uh, which I just. It's so much richer and deeper than the English language, and so much of it, you know, got lost in translation from the Hebrew to the Greek to the English, and sometimes I'll read a verse, and when you see the original text and the meaning, it's like, holy cow, it's not even close. Close. How do we get there? (sighs) I mean, anyway... um, but but in Guardian Angel, uh, this is where he really unpacks this idea of uh, he goes into the Zagar, but it's more focused on on the Ezer Konegdo, uh, and that's the Hebrew word, the descriptive word for woman in the okay. Genesis two passage. Before you go on, yeah. I do need you to spell this because we're going to save our listeners hours of Google searching. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. I just pronounced it uh, in Southern Hebrew. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's Ezer E Z E R, and it's Konegdo K E N E G D O. Got it. Ezer Konegdo, um, and it boy, <laughs> this was. I mean. I wouldn't say there are many books that were like mm, life changing. Uh, maybe it wasn't life changing, but man, it was a it was a huge paradigm changer and mm. uh, into in how I really viewed my wife. And I mean, this has probably been I mean not that long ago, maybe fifteen years ago. I don't know. Which <laughs> at sixty two, fifteen years ago seems like yesterday. Um, See, those years keep getting shorter and it's shorter. literally a third of my life, Ron. <laughs> like, gosh. <laughs> uh, but it really was a shift uh, because the, the Hebrew word ezer, it means warrior. Um, and it's, um, I, may, I may butcher this. I'm sure the um, all the theologians and biblical scholars will email us and correct me. But, but. It's a very low number uh, that that word is actually used in the Old Testament, uh, and it is it is typically attributed to God Himself. It's like the Lord is a warrior; the Lord is His name. Mm. Well, that is Ezer, and so it's it's really basically attributed to God and Eve. Uh, there may be something there, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we obviously we would think, you know, the man is the warrior. And certainly we are. But when it comes to the idea of relationship, mm, that's where everything changes because she is the relational warrior. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what she was created for is relationship. Evidently, as we said in the other episode, Adam was fine being alone. Uh, naming the animals, tending the garden. And then God comes along and says, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. And he creates relationship and connection. And so... With uh, a warrior. With the warrior mentality. And so even in that, it's like this idea that, I mean, anything (laughs) that is a threat to the relationship, she is built and designed and created to come up against it, right? and I always say she she can be your greatest ally or your worst damn enemy. Man. If if we're out there doing things that threaten relationship, well, she is 
that's what she's there for. Yeah. Anything that's a threat, whether that's, you know, deer season starts in November and I go to the woods and I don't come back until, you know, end of January every weekend hunting. And, you know, she probably is going to come up against that. And, right. You know, but the way guys frame that is, man, she's just always trying to tell me what to do and control me and she won't <laughs> let me go hunting. Well, no, stupid. Uh, she is actually doing what she was created to do because you being gone all the time from her and the kids is a threat to the relational world. Mm. I, golly, I just I have to interrupt. Yeah. The, the guy. When I sit sit with you and say a golly, that's like when the, when the Mississippi comes out. <laughs> there it is, man. You're striking a nerve. Yeah. Love it. Uh, but to be able to say, you know, your wife, you, you say that she's trying to control you, but the the larger truth is she doesn't trust your capacity mm-hmm. to engage with this thing that could be dangerous and actually do it well. Yeah, that that's the real message. A hundred percent. And and typically one of the things that she's saying. Um, is, you know, we, we've got to go to church. You've missed church, you know, uh, 10 weeks in a row, and we got to go to church. Um, but what she's doing is what she was created to do. Uh, she was created to help us remember the helper, the helpmeet, which are really lame terms, hmm. because what is she helping? Well, she's helping point us back to God, relationship with him, and that's why she'll nag you about going to church. Um, and so, but what she's doing is what she was created to do. She's pointing her man back to God to remember primarily that relationship and then her and then out. it just ripples out from there, right? Yeah, yeah. That first part of that, the Ezra part of it, to be connected to God, isn't that everything not to go into chase this rabbit, but <laughs> isn't that everything that our culture has been feebly attempting to try to empower women oh, with yeah. in, in the wrong way? Yes. Right? You are a warrior and you can be seen apart from men. Right. And yeah, it's like, well, a large part of that activates in relationship with men. Isn't totally. That, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're, I mean, we're created for one another. Mm. Um, and just that idea of when, you know, two becoming one. And I believe this is the oneness because when she's operating uh, in her strength, um, which is the Ezer Connecto, and Connecto is that, that's kind of the connecting one, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really the relational strength. Um, uh, she's the spiritual guide. Oh, gosh, hang on. I didn't say leader. <laughs> I just said guy. Well, they didn't hear this. I edited it out, but I just fell out of my chair and yeah. had to get back in it. What did <laughs> oh, you just say? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, but but she really is um, because she's more intuitive emotionally. Obviously, she has more relational stick-to-itiveness, uh, and she is, she is that part of God in flesh. Mm. Um, and so... She's all of those things, and she is all about connection. She's about relationship because that's what she, that's what she was created for, to be and to do, and it's what she does. And it's, it's just it's so interesting. I've seen it in my own life. When I, as the Zakar, when I am remembering God 
and initiating, acting on that, initiating with her, with Eva, relationally and emotionally, well, Eve, Eva, is created and designed, she's, she will respond. That's the created design. Uh, and, you know, mistranslation, but that idea of, like, husband's love, which is, by the way, is a very action-oriented uh, word, hmm. not all the craziness that we have attributed to it. Uh, but it's like husband's love, wives respond. We, we, it, it must have been a man, maybe, that made it wives submit. But man, that submit thing, I don't, I don't know where that came from. But I've seen is, you get visibly angry about yeah, that. Yeah, because it's, it's, I mean, I have, all these things, you know, when I experience the reality, reality of it in my own life, and then I get to sit with it and watch it unfold as a couple begins to actually operate this way. I know that submit is is a total off mistranslation mm. because she's designed to respond. And again, the husband as the head, it's like we're it's the head of a river. It's not I'm the head of this household, but it I'm the head of the river of the river intimacy, and everything flows from the head, and I set the tone. And if I'm doing my part as a man, which personally I don't like, God put it all on us, that kind of sucks. Yeah. But somehow he did, and that's the way it is, and so I have to do the deal. Man, it really actually works because she will respond when I initiate relationally and emotionally. I've seen it, experienced it, and, and I continue to watch it unfold in the lives of many others. Well, God believes in us. He knows our capacity hmm. more than we do our own. I'll admit to you, yes, it is, it is frustrating. But when I start to live that way, man, I see this happen in my own life, my own marriage, that my wife does begin to respond in a way that matches. It's like, oh, something about this feels hmm. right, you know, hmm. in the same way that something about that submit feels wrong. And you and I, we argue with a lot of people, okay? Uh, it's kind of a sport, we, yeah, yeah, we argue most with the biblical scholar mm -hmm. who would accuse us, well, you're, you're rewriting the Bible. I'm like, actually, no. You have just doubled down and believing in an already rewritten version Amen. of the Bible. And if you really want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me, which I'm pretty confident <laughs> you don't, uh, but if you want to go toe-to-toe -to, -toe to me, then we'll start talking about how Jesus roamed the earth, hmm. correcting inappropriate and incorrect interpretations hmm. of the things that he said yeah. and that his father said. You know? Amen. And that's what we're doing here. And I think there's going to be a lot of freedom here for women who have been bound, who have been um, restricted. Their warrior part of themselves has been taken away mm -hmm. by the church. Uh, it's disturbing and troubling because what we're saying is in order for you to be a good woman, you have to actually separate yourself from your designed identity. Mm -hmm. And what we're saying today is, don't you ever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't you ever stop fighting for what you know is right and defending against things that could be threats to relationships. Because if that stops happening, then we know. And I, I'm just continually baffled why more people aren't cluing in to, especially people inside of the church, 
to people like you and people like Eva who are approaching their work from a biblical worldview and are sitting with the actual effects of their professed theology in pulpits. This is where this takes people. It feels like to me, if you're, and especially if you're a pastor leading a congregation, you should, first of all, you should be in your own therapy. Second of all, you should pay for an additional hour where someone could say, all right, what are the effects of the way that we're teaching these things? And this is one of those things, and I think it's why it makes you angry and me angry as well about proxy. (laughs) When we see women who have been, in effect, have been neutered (laughs) to say, well, I can't, I can't be who I'm designed to be. I just have to submit uh, to terrible sex, to terrible, terrible leadership, to terrible guidance in my finances, and I just got to keep this ring on and hope all this crap works out. There are so many women, and, and we mm. know, listening to this podcast that are trapped in that exact space. So the next question is, mm. if I'm a warrior and I'm connected, but I don't have that as part of my reality, it's not surrounding me, how do I go about creating that in my most important relationships? How, how am I seen and heard? What mm. do I do? Well, I think, you know, so much um, of just the, the working with women, oftentimes it is the idea of, like, her really beginning to find her voice. Um, and if, if you know, if, if the husband is out there, you know, just doing whatever, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, it, you know, wives will stick around. Uh, women actually, uh, they're the relational strength. They're the relational glue. And when a guy goes off to rehab, be it drugs, alcohol, sex, rock and roll, um, she will stick and she will stay. And then when he goes off again for the second time, she will stay. I mean, mm-hmm. and you'll see this, like, man, he may go three, four, five, but, boy, she hangs around. Now, the the clinicians uh, in those treatment places uh, in the crazy counseling world, uh, they're, they're saying, oh, well, she's just codependent. No. Now, certainly, she... She needs to begin to work with boundaries. Right. Yeah. But she's actually operating out of what was she she was created and designed to do. She's the glue. She's the she's the relational strength. And it's interesting, and I've seen this, uh, when the roles are reversed and the woman goes into rehab, um, I mean the the man, he'll stick around mm, maybe that one time, but mm, she goes back. Boom! He he's cutting bait, man. He's yeah. he's peace out. Yeah. Um. And and again, that's just basic design because we're mostly fancy dirt. Uh, she is created for a relationship, for connection, all of those things. And us men, uh, we're not. And so we see that. I just I've I've seen that over and over again. Isn't it? It's maddening. It is. You, you sit with a man who has crossed flesh lines yeah. and, has, and has had an affair, if not multiple. Yep. And you're sitting in a, in a couple session, man, all hell is broken loose. And then you hear this comes out of the man's mouth. Well, I saw her, you know, like a guy's uh, girl's post on social. Like, <laughs> what's that about? I'm like, oh, my gosh, man. I mean, she so she had a heart on a picture. Yeah. And you're equating that with you meeting... Somehow that's equal. Yeah, that like that's equal with you meeting a woman at a hotel and having sex this weekend. Yeah, like, yeah. But it, the intensity feels the same. So I've started talking to men by saying, look, man, the more that you do this, you're abusing your wife. It's totally. Like, no, no, I'm like, no, no, no. 
you're abusing your wife's strength. You're taking advantage of the fact that she's going to stick in this with you and let you just pretend to be a man yeah. until hopefully you'll wake up, right? Mm-hmm. So we start to have a mindset shift of we're thankful for the warrior part of our wives, but we're not going to take advantage of that warrior part of our wives. Now, obviously, grace and mercy and restoration, all that stuff is the goal of the work that we do. Sure. Uh, but we want, we want to use it at an appropriate level, right? Absolutely. You know, one of the things I see is like guys where it's in, in you know, listeners can't see this, but I always do air quotes uh, where it's just porn hmm. um, because I'm, I don't want to minimize that. Um, the, to, you know, the wives that kind of like somehow accept that or they kind of have the mindset that, you know, well, you know, it's just something men do. You know, typically that wife has, she's never had a voice and you start kind of digging up underneath that. There's a reason why. But if she actually, she starts meeting with my wife, um, it, it's pretty soon going to be Houston, we have a problem hmm. because she's going to begin to realize that, Man, you know, boundaries are being crossed. It really is. It is abusive for a husband to keep going back to porn uh, and not stop and not even check up and work on, you know, his purity, getting sober. And then all this, the, the bigger part of emotional and relational sobriety. But if, if, if they're working with my wife, they're going to figure out that, this is not good. This is not right. And man, it's like when that clicks and the light bulb comes on, boy, they get it. Mm. And then they're looking at that husband going, if you don't get some help for this, I'm done. And she should be because it's just, it is straight up abuse. Um, And the guys where the wife is not um, kind of that uh, strong about it, I just see them continue to struggle and struggle and slip and slip and not ever really get better. Mm. But boy, when that when that Ezra Connecto shows up, holy cow, uh, they'll get their butts in gear at that point. Yeah, because we are designed as a car to mm-hmm. respond to that. Yes. Um, I, and I stole this from you guys. I'm thank goodness I don't have to pay you royalties for the things that I say that I, I, I learned in my own therapy. If any counselor ever had an original thought, we'd, It'd all, be amazing. we'd yeah. go into a coma or something. But it is interesting to respond, uh, to, to show men, to say to men, you're, you stole your wife's voice. Mm. Mm. And there's almost nothing more detrimental than to steal a warrior's voice. In that room, in that hotel, in that closet at work, wherever it happened, your wife wasn't there and she didn't have a voice. And for the next couple of sessions and months, she's going to get that voice back. Mm-hmm. And if you're not up for that, dude, if you're, if you're so weak, you can't handle that, yep. I guess we'll just keep meeting and you can just slink off and do that stuff you were doing before. I mean, you have to meet a man with that kind of language because it's yeah. that serious. I mean. Yeah. You have to give your wife her voice back. Now, I know there's some pushback to that. Well, she always had a voice. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Oh, totally. He, yeah. he went in and he stole her ability to have a voice in that situation, to not be able to protect against that relational threat. And now the wife needs to be able to take significant amount of time to make commentary. And basically what I see happen in my practice is the wife is saying, see, see, 
This is why this was a problem. This is why I knew it early on. This is why we were having those arguments. There's just a rollout of explanation of, I saw this coming. Oh, yeah. And I tried to warn you. Yeah, and she did. She has. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and, and, you know, all of our uh, men listeners are going to, they're going to tune out. Uh, I mean, in no way are we saying that, like, somehow, you know, uh, wives, women don't have their own stuff that they need Mm -hmm. to engage, right? Of course. A hundred percent. But when you've you've got this type of thing going on, I mean, she can't engage it because she's just spinning. Mm -hmm. Um, She's got anxiety and she's hypervigilant and she's worried about, you know, where you are and what you're doing. Um, And and so nobody's going to get better. Uh, I mean, even for the brain to heal, where there's all this intensity and chaos, the brain's just going to stay in a hypervigilant state. In order to heal, there has to be calm uh, and it has to be peaceful. Um, but otherwise, the brain's just fired up and nothing's going to happen. So it's all important. And yes, I mean, we all as human beings, I mean, we're, uh, last time I checked, we're all broken. Every and single one of us. Yes, I know, this is weird, uh, except <laughs> one. He he was not. There you go. Yeah, uh, thank you, Jesus. Um, but But we've got to begin to comfort the hurt that we've caused and because we've this this sexual brokenness thing we've done a tremendous amount of damage and you know in the betrayal trauma and what she's experiencing it is real um and man we've we've got to do our work in order to help her heal uh and that it takes time and and it takes time tears and talking Mm, yeah I, i love when a man sits in my office and says, man, my wife's just trying to control me. So, and thankfully I have this planned out now. I'm just waiting for that opportunity. And Mm -hmm. then I say, well, okay, well, are you controlling you? Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh God, why did you ask that question? I'm like, well, somebody's got to be controlling you. So if it's not you, then it's probably going to be her. So if you want her to be less, and I'll do the air quotes, controlling, then maybe you should step up to start doing the things like remembering and acting, right? And we see this all the time, don't we? Oh, uh, yeah. That the spouse will then go off shift, mm-hmm. will step down out of that hypervigilance and will be able to engage relationally in a way where they are not, as you say, spinning. Yeah. Right? So it gets both parties exactly, not just what they want, but what they need oh, yeah. in order to be together in a coupleship. Something we haven't talked about, and I'd like to take some time to do it now, Nobody teaches us how to do this. <laughs> Wait, I thought you went to cemetery no. and you learned it there. I, I also got married. I, mean, I, did I also I say have cemetery? a father. Yeah. Right? yeah, you did. I have. <laughs> I got married. I have a father. I have Christian friends. I had no. God knows how many pastors. Mm-hmm. No one sat me down and said, mm-hmm. hey, man, I had, I had one guy in my life, and thank God he was honest about a few things, and, and man, did I need those few things in the first five years of my marriage. But I do not recall someone sitting me down and saying, look, this is going to be really important. You're not just going to intuitively understand how to be married to a woman, one woman, the wife of your youth for Mm. over 20 Mm. years. You're going to need to stay in steady school about this. But here's the crash course. Here's the boot camp. We have women in the same position. It's like, well, what would I do? Well, the whole focus of, of all this coupleship is that 
first point of contact, basically, as husband and wife. And it's a fantasy. Mm. It's a party where people are going into debt. They're getting drunk. The pastor is like a pastor for hire out of the Yellow Pages. Do you know how many weddings I did in my time as a pastor? Well, I, did, I didn't even know the people. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. We, we went there Easter one time, and uh, we got your number from a buddy of ours. I'm like, well, the best is funerals, right? When you don't know. Oh, man. What am I supposed to say about this guy? And you well, know, in Mississippi, everybody's a saint when they die. It's easy. Everyone. <laughs> We're just trying to infect <laughs> the fantasy with the truth, right? And that, yeah. that's the difference. So as we're talking about the woman as a warrior, we're talking about her being primarily focused on that connection. We see this inside uh, of women and their relationships, although often we should probably invite Eva in to do an episode on this, how difficult it is for women Mm. to stay in relationship with one another uh, long term. But Mm. they are in the beginning stages way more intuitive about it. Uh, But having the Zakar and the Ezra connect, though, actually be in relationship with one another uh, long term there's intricacy to this. It's not as easy as people make it seem. Mm-mm. And, you know, it's it's just interesting. Um, I mean, Jesus, when he said, go and make disciples, uh, he's talking about going and building more churches and uh, making sure that everybody has more Bible knowledge, right? I mean, Jesus uh, did not do that. Uh, what Jesus talked about was the heart. Uh, Jesus talked about awareness. Jesus talked about relationships. And uh, somewhere along the way, we just decided that the way that um, you grow a Christian is uh, formation by information. And it's like, man. The, what, that sounds exhausting. Uh, well, that's, that's, yeah, you did it. Uh, for Hey, easy, man. Way too many years. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's kind of where we are in Western church, evangelical church. And Jesus is like, he's teaching us how to live life, um, not just get more Bible knowledge. Mm. And, and the you know, life is lived in relationship uh, and just this, all of the, you know, emotions, relationship, all the stuff that takes us all out. I think Jesus had a lot to say about that. Um, and, I mean, I just always, I think of the verse, because we think of women as, you know, they're kind of these dainty little creatures, and they're kind of like a little um, exquisite teacup, and they'll break really easy. Hmm. Um, like, dude, I have sat and watched women deal with some really hard stuff. Um, and women are, when it comes to relationship. They have a strength there that men don't have. Uh, that's why they're kind of the relational guide, right? Um, hey, true story here. Yep. One day, uh, my mom was at Wendy's with my older brother. Mm-hmm. And the lady inside disrespected my brother with some sort of comment that mm-hmm. she made. And my, my brother's a teenager. Like, he probably egged it on. Uh, my mom gets out of the car, and this was when the person backed up, you know, the door would shut automatically. Do you yeah. remember those? Yeah, yeah. The person backed up because my mom was being so aggressive. The door shuts. My mom ripped the door off the hinges. I love it. Ripped it off the hinges. and there was Warrior. A pol- there was a police officer behind her. Yeah. She looked around and saw him. He gave her the thumbs up. That's so <laughs> That is that's a awesome. warrior woman. That, that's the way it works. Ripping a door off a fast food restaurant. To oh, her. yeah. You know, and it's like when Peter writes, you know, um, live with her, live with the woman as a weaker vessel. 
Well, maybe we need to rethink that because somewhere, you know, Paul wrote, um, in my weakness, God shows up. He is strong. So maybe Peter is affirming uh, the relational strength of woman, the Ezer Konegdo, that, that in her weakness, she is strong because she is more attuned to God and his relationship with us. The idea of dependence on mm. God is not lost on as many women as it is on men. And uh, again, I wish that were not true. But I wish I could say something fact. different, but it is fact. Yeah. And we spend most of our days mm. interacting with men in relational difficulty. <laughs> That's <laughs> what, what were we thinking? So let's wrap the episode up this yeah. way because, and, and I love the fact that we're really willing to rib on men because we God are. knows we deserve it, right? <laughs> well, it'd be kind of stupid for us to, yeah, yeah. I agree. Talk about women. I I'm, agree. I'm not that dumb. You, you <laughs> might be, but I'm not doing yeah, that. Yeah, I am. I am. But uh, <laughs> only after we turn the recording off. But So I'd like to end the episode this way where we're talking about uh, the togetherness, the cooperation, mm. the, the, mm. the two calling out the strength of one another. The, the two becoming one is the biblical language that's used very often. Uh, when a man says that, he usually means sex, and we need to have more of it because it's biblical. Well, no, you mean when the pastor says that. Or when the pastor yeah, says it. Because yeah. that's what he says. He's, I he's the man. Have in the sat pulpit. in those services, yes. So You didn't preach that ever, did you? I I, no, no, but I, I got dangerously close. Yeah, you skirted the line. I did, yeah. I did. And I, and I hope that recording has now vanished in, yeah, absolutely. in the pages of history. <laughs> but I can admit my mistakes. I'm growing that way, yes. right? Um, but part of the magic here is we've talked about the Zakar and the Ezra Konegdo is that they're they're designed to how would you mm. describe it fit work together oh, like yeah spokes in a wheel mm -hmm. I mean it is it's like and I again I have seen it in my own life when I moved out of my passivity and I began to initiate uh, relationally and emotionally and even you know maybe instead of stepping over the pile of dirty clothes. Maybe I'll just look at it and go, wow, I could go put those in the washing machine and, and then put them in the dryer. And then maybe I could fold them. I am capable. I, I, instead of waiting, you know, for my wife to ask me to help, hmm. whoa, what if I actually initiated around the house? Because, I mean, I was. I was always willing to help. But, yeah, like a little, you know, 12-year-old, 13-year-old. 12-year-old, because you're 13, you go rebellious. Yeah. But like, okay, you know, I'll, yeah. And I was willing, but I did not, I mean, I'm a grown man. Uh, we're equal. Uh, even the picture of marriage from Genesis, the the Hebrew word picture there is like a man and a woman standing on level ground, and it, there's like an, an arch, an arc over the top of them indicating that that we're mutual. We're equal. We're, one's not above the other. We complement the strengths of each other, and when that all comes together, hmm, that's kind of how it was meant to be. And and I, man, I even I both say I wouldn't trade all the hell that we've been through and walked through to get to where we are. Um, and I'm not not that we've arrived. <laughs> it's a marriage, you know, it's right. a cat and a dog living together. Yep. However, we do have the tools and the resources for that not to spin out of control like it used to. You know, we get sideways, it might last 10 minutes at the most. And man, we we can we can do what we need to do and but it's 
it it is good. Um, but that's because we have done a lot of work <laughs> getting there. That's beautifully spoken. Uh, and what we do say often is when you get there, when it starts working, you'll know it. I, I won't have to convince you to want more. Mm-hmm. You'll, yeah. You will actually just want more. And and even our bodies tell that story. Oh, totally. Don't they? Yeah. You know? uh, I cannot be passive and placid and this actually work. You know, I have to, I have to take initiation here and I have to have some confidence to be able to do that. And both of these bodies have to be able to work together. I mean, everything that God designs, he's sending a message. And when we want one without the other, we bastardize the whole thing and it's going to end up in chaos. (laughs) Sex, God, and chaos. There it is. Good name for a podcast. It is. We should do that. Uh, What you're saying though, and I I think what I hear you saying is you have less and less chaos inside of your marriage. Oh man. Um, you know, we always say that the the movement in this work is from uh, false intimacy to true intimacy. It's like from chaos to order. Um, and you know, I mean, our relationship. I mean, it's just it, there's it's calmness. Um, it's peaceful. Uh, it's, I mean, I we yeah. Like again, you know, we're we're gonna have just the wires get stuff, crossed. Yeah, but but I mean, day in and day out. Um, Wow. I mean, it's, I think it's what we're all longing for, but we have no idea how to get there. Mm-hmm. Because as you said earlier, man, who who's teaching this? Who's showing us this? Our moms and dad didn't know it. I mean, even if they stayed together, because most most moms and dads, the, you know, the, <laughs> the divorce rate in Christian world is just as high as, as it is in, out there in secular world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Where would we get, gain this? You know, it doesn't get preached in church other than, you know, uh, read your Bible, memorize some precepts and some principles. But, man, you've got to get down into the bone and marrow of your life um, and, and just the generational dysfunction that has been passed on. Uh, it's it's overwhelming, and um, certainly uh, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. Yeah, no doubt about it. So our encouragement would be if this episode or these two episodes in particular surrounding descriptions of gender and how they work together have been helpful for you, please hit that little box with the arrow, share it with someone else, definitely give some feedback to us. We would love to hear from our listener base. Where do you feel like this has been true in your life? What are the things that are still confusing? Because we could do more of this, right? Uh, but one of the best ways to spread health is mm-hmm. to spread these conversations that are that are helpful for you. And also to be able to visit websites like lifeworks.ms to jump on there and say there are people here that know this way, mm-hmm. that know how to show the way. Hop on that website, find a clinician there, make a phone call. It's an incredibly nerve-wracking step to take. Always. But there's so much freedom and healing after that. We always say that uh, we, we've, got, we've got more resources right here than you've got problems. Um, there's, there's help available. To learn more about what you've heard today and to engage with the Sex, God, and Chaos team, visit sexgodchaos.com. <laughs>